Hello, Lucille. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the This, this and that, that Show. My name is Peter. And I'm Annie. And I am a not-so-good recorder player. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty indescribable. <laughs> <laughs> indescribable. What a coincidence. That happens to be the topic of our new series. That's right. Yep. Knowing that God has no limits. And our life app this month is creativity. Imagining what you could do because you're made in God's image. Yeah. It's pretty incredible if you think about it. The fact that, you know, God created us in his image and his likeness, so cool. it says in Genesis. And I love thinking about how creative God is. And you don't mm -hmm. even have to look very far. You look at nope. basically anything and you're like, wow. God created everything. You know, you look into creation and you see like all the weird looking things like <laughs> animals and uh, like the different colors of birds and different sounds. Yeah. Any, what, what is it that when you, what element of creation is it that when you look at it, you're reminded of God's creativity? Um, well, off the top of my head, I would say probably my flower garden because my flower garden has so many different kind of, kinds of flowers and they have all different numbers of petals. They have so many different colors. They smell different. Mm. The leaves look different. It's just crazy to think that God created each and every one of them so different. That is pretty awesome. You know, I just had an idea. What's that? For us to look and see how creative God is in all of creation, we should play a game yes. where we explore a bunch of facts about creation. Yeah, cool. The sky's the limit. All right, so we have a couple questions here. We have seven of them. So you watching can play with us as well. So we're going to read a question. We'll give you three options and we're gonna see if we can get them right. All right, fact number one. What is the number 29,029? Is it A, the number of species of animal, B, the height of Mount Everest in feet, C, the number of active volcanoes in the world? I say C, active volcanoes in the world. Actually, it is B, the height of Mount Everest in 
feet. Wow, that is crazy high. I know, and people actually climb Mount Everest. That is high. That is insane. Cool. All right, question two. What is the smallest known thing in the universe? Is it A, a quirk, B, a piece of cake when your brother cuts it? That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty small. Um, and C, an ant. I would have to say A, a quirk. Okay, what, yeah, it's correct, but what is that? Quirk is the smallest part of an atom. You know, everything is broken down smaller, you yep. know, like into molecules and then atoms. We can't even see them. No, they're so tiny, they're puny. That's crazy. Yeah. I've never even heard of that. Okay, question three. What is the largest animal believed to ever exist? A, the Loch Ness Monster, B, the Great White Shark, or C, the Blue Whale? I'm gonna have to go with the Blue Whale, they're pretty big. You're correct, it is C, the Blue Whale. Yeah! All right, question four. What is the smallest known mammal? Is it A, the Etruscan Shrew, B, the Chihuahua, or C, the African Pygmy Hedgehog? Chihuahuas are pretty small. And <laughs> But I'm gonna have to go with the Etruscan shrew because it sounds like a small, delicate pastry. <laughs> it is not a pastry, and you are correct. Look at him. Isn't he so cute and crispy? Yes, but they do look kind of delicious. No. No, okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> question five. The world's tallest waterfall, Angel Falls, is how many feet is it A, 101,242 feet, B, 2,567 feet, or C, 3,230 feet tall? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with C, 3,000 and some feet tall. You're on a roll, you're correct, it is C! Yeah! All right, second last question, are we ready? What is the largest body of water in the world? A, the Pacific Ocean, B, the Atlantic Ocean, C, the Mississippi River. D, Lake Erie. That wasn't even an option. Oh, okay. I'm going, uh, <laughs> let's go with A. Yes, you're correct. Woo! Woohoo! Oh, yeah. All right. Last but not least. Can I do it? Sure. What is the smallest ocean in the world? A, the Indian Ocean, B, the Southern Ocean, C, the Arctic Ocean. Oh, man. Last one. I'm gonna, going to go with C. And he's correct, again! Yeah! The Arctic Ocean, smallest and probably the coldest. Yes, Her. probably wouldn't be good to go for a dip there. Uh, no. Wow, that was Awesome. That was really fun. Wow, just so many different things in this world. We often just don't think about that just that it's it's incredible. Sometimes I wonder Annie what it would have been like like in the beginning, you know, where hmm. where God it says in scripture that he breathed everything into existence. It's he like creates. he 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 codes things into existence, right? Like That's how so cool. how awesome would it be to be there? You know, in Genesis, it actually tells us 
how the how the world was created, and because we had so much fun with um, green screen Bible scene last time, I think we should go back and you can experience creation. That sounds really good. I, I actually didn't have as much of a good time as you may have thought. It was a lot of fun going for the boat ride with the Burian people, but yeah, the, yeah. being chased yeah. away by tribal leaders was not a very fun thing to do. I'd rather... Uh, Annie, I think something's wrong. Everything is completely black. Definitely not wrong. Because in Genesis 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth didn't have any shape. The earth, and it was empty. So, you're in the right place. Okay. Now, first day, let's read on. God said, let there be light. Whoa. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness and God called the light day and he called the darkness night. There was evening, there was morning, it was day one. So we're gonna go through this day by day to tell you what happened. You ready, Peter? Uh, not really. This is kind of scary, actually. We'll continue. Okay. God said, let there be a huge space between the waters. Let it separate water from water. And that's exactly what happened. God made the huge space between the waters. He separated the water under the space from the water above it. God called the huge space sky. Whoa, sky. And there was evening, there was morning, and it was day two. Next. So we have light, we have day, we have dark, we have night, we have sky, we have water. So day three, something really cool happened. Verse 12. So the land produced plants. Each kind of plant had its own seeds. And the land produced trees that grew its own fruit with seeds in it. Each kind of tree had its own kind of seeds and God saw that it was good. So day three, God created land and trees. Whoa, this is pretty cool actually. I don't mind this. Day four, we are in verse 16 if you wanna follow along. So God made two great lights. He made the larger light to rule over the day and the smaller light to rule over the night. He also made stars. God put the lights in the huge space in the sky to give light on earth. He put them there to rule over the day and night. He put them there to separate light from darkness. God saw that it was good. So God created the sun. Whoa! Wow, it's really hot. Mm-hmm. God created the moon. Oh, wow. I've never been this close to the moon before. And God created stars. Whoa, I'm traveling light speed. My mass is now infinite. Uh, God. All right, moving on for Peter's sake. Uh-huh. Day five. God said, let the seas be filled with living things. Let the birds fly above above the earth across the huge space in the sky. So there were birds. Ooh. Hey birds, don't mind me. <laughs> Next, so God created the great sea creatures. He created every kind of living thing that fills the sea that moves about in them. He created the kind of birds that flies and God saw that it was good. So God also created fish. Yeah, he created sharks, and they are circling me. Annie, get me out of here, please. Sorry, next day. So the next day, God created animals. God made every kind of wild animal. 
He made every kind of livestock. He made every kind of creature that moves along the ground. And God saw that this was good. But God was not done there. There was a very important thing also that was created. God created people. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make human beings so that they are like us. Let them rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky. Let them rule over the livestock and the wild animals. And let them rule over all the creatures that move along the ground. So then God created human beings in his own likeness. He created them to be like himself. He created them male and female. God blessed them and he said to them, have children so that there will be many of you. Fill the earth and bring it under your control. Rule over the fish in the seas and the birds in the sky. Rule over every living creature that moves along the ground. Now, verse 31, God saw everything he had made and it was very good. There was evening, there was morning, it was day six. Now, so God created dark and light. God created sky and water. God created land and trees. God created sun, moon, stars. God created fish, all the animals, and people too. And then, the seventh day, God rested. <laughs> yes, God rested on the seventh day. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, it says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on that day, he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. He blessed it because on that day, he rested from all the work he had done. And that, my friends, is the seven days of creation. Yes. I had no, I had no idea there were so many different elements. Like, it's more epic than I could have ever imagined. It is so cool. There truly is, and I'm reminded of this every time I look into creation, there truly is no limit to God's creativity. Yeah. He has created everything. And you know what? At home, how about you guys discuss this question? Where have you seen God's creativity? It can be in people, in, in nature. Take a look around and see what you can find. Yeah, talk to your family and friends about it. I'm sure you'll have lots of material to talk about. Definitely. So it's been a wonderful episode. We can't wait to see you guys next week on the This and That Show. We'll see you later. See you guys. Hey, whoa, don't go anywhere. We have something for you. Yes. You can pick up one of these. It is a creativity journal. And each week, you can follow along with us with the bottom line of that week. And there is a, an activity for you to do for each week. And uh, if you would like to get one, you can do two things. You can either uh, pick them up from the back of the sanctuary or you can come by the Deer Run Church uh, anytime between Tuesday and Friday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And we would be happy to see you and give you one of these things. That's right. Or you can send me an email, annie at deerrun.church, and let me know what would be the best way to get one of these in your hands. All right. So we hope you enjoy these and we hope to see you soon. See ya. What a great question for us to ask ourselves. Where have we seen 
God's creativity. Uh, I don't know about you, but when you travel or when even here in town, when you look around, it is easy to see sometimes, you know, when you pause for a while and just look at the different things that God has made and to see his creativity. And, and if you've never done that, um, you know, just take some time, even just in your backyard and just look around and just take some time to absorb and to look more carefully at all the different things that God has made. So Pastor Annie and Pastor Peter walked us through the six days of creation. They talked about all the different things that, that, you know, that God made on each day and then how he rested on the seventh day. And our bottom line is there is no limit to God's creativity. There is no limit to God's creativity. And what I want to do, I want to take these next uh, you know, few minutes and I want to look rather than at all the different things that God created, I want to focus my attention on the human body, on, on us, the human beings. Because when you consider yourself for a moment, you are an amazing work of art. What God has done in our bodies is absolutely astounding. When you start thinking about all the different things that we as human beings are capable of doing and, and the things that we are capable of experiencing, there is no question that God was incredibly creative, that we were designed in a most incredible way. And so what I want to do is going to feel a little bit biology class, okay? No diagrams, in case parents are worried. Uh, no diagrams. Uh, but I want to walk us through what are called the 10 systems, major systems of our, of our, uh, of our bodies. And so, um, like I said, it's going to feel a little bit biology class, but bear with me because what I want us to do is just kind of walk through these 10 systems because I want you to understand just how amazing your body is and how, how incredible um, we, uh, uh, we have been designed. The first one we want to look at is called the skeletal system. And this is obviously your bones and your structure and things like that. The bones provide the framework that support and protect the soft organs of our body. The skeleton supports the body against the pull of gravity. If you didn't have skeletons, we would all just be blobs. We wouldn't be able to stand. And then obviously with our muscular system, they work together. Our skeletons work with our muscles so that we can move, so that I can hold my arm out straight without it just falling over. If there was no bones, no, none of those things, you, know, you would not be able to move the way that you moved. And so the one system that God designed was our skeletal system. And so that's in itself already pretty amazing. And if you want... Just look at what bones are made of and, the, and what um, purpose and role bones all play in your, in your body. And as you begin to look at those things, you're going to find that there is just so incredibly much more to discover. And so I would encourage you, feel free to look at each one of these 10 systems more carefully when you get home. The next one is the muscular system. No matter what you are doing, your muscular system is at work. Um, let's do a little experiment, okay? I want you to smile. Okay, I see some of you are not able, capable of this. You know, smile, come on. Come on, I don't want to call anyone out. I'm tempted. Some of you are like, mm-mm. Do you know it takes more muscles not to smile than to smile? But anyway, if you smiled, it took 43 muscles for you to do that. Now, if any of you pulled a muscle, that just means that you don't smile often enough and you should maybe consider smiling more often. But every single thing that we do takes muscles. And so your muscles are moving with your, with your skeletal system and all those kind of things. Did you know that me taking one step takes 200 muscles? Okay, so just one step doing that takes 200 muscles to, to make a step happen. Texting, those of you that like texting, it takes 38 muscles to text. Te crying takes 17 muscles. And kissing 
takes 35 muscles. And so if you need a good workout tonight, couples, um, you know, go to work and you'll get a good body workout. Uh, but that's not all that your muscles do. The other big part that your muscles do is they help you keep warm. Your muscles produce 85% of your body warmth. And that's why when you're cold, all you gotta do is, is move around a little bit and your muscles will actually create that heat and energy. The next system is your cardiovascular system. This is what pumps and circulates blood throughout you know, your entire body. The heart is the pump and our veins and arteries is a way or a path with which the blood flows to all of the different organs and tissues within our bodies. And you have thousands of miles of veins in your body and arteries in your body. And so that's the cardiovascular system. It's this system that allows blood to flow throughout your entire body. Then you have the nervous system. This is a major controlling, regulatory, and communication system in the body. It is the center of all mental activities like thought, learning, and memory. So I want you to try this. Those of you that were like, I'm not participating with smiling, maybe you'll, do, you'll be willing to do this. Give yourself a gentle pinch. Just right somewhere, like yourself, not someone else, okay? Give yourself a gentle pinch. Now, what just happened right there? If, if you felt that, here's what happened. The sensories went off in your, in your arm where it pinched, and it sent a signal over to your brain because your brain's like, what was that? Because the minute something different happens in your body, your brain immediately goes to work and says, okay, I haven't felt that before. That's not normal. So what was it? And so your sensors went up to your brain and said, it was just a little uh, gentle pinch. And then your brain's like, okay, nothing to react. And then your sensor might say, well, why in the world did you have your right hand pinch me? And your brain might say, I don't know, ask the ear. Well, the ear's like, well, I heard this guy talking and I sent that signal and actually brain, you told your right hand. And that's the way, that's really, any doctor listening to this right now going like, no. Okay, that's the Ike Unger version, okay? And so, but this happens, folks. This is happening, even snapping your fingers right now. Your sensors are going off. Your sensors are like these little electronic sensors that are flying around your body by the millo, millo, milliseconds, and they're going crazy. So this is constantly happening. For example, you have memory, muscle memory. If you play sports a long time, your sensors learn to do certain things. This is why after a while, if you're putting wood on a fire or something like that, and it gets a little bit warm, you will jerk back. You don't, your brain doesn't have to be like, hmm, what's going on? It's these sensors, and you've learned memory and, and all those kind of things. And so, we, again, we could talk about this uh, stuff forever. And then you have your endocrine uh, system. This system is closely linked to the nervous system, but where the nervous system acts through electronic impulses and it affects, and the effects are short and measured in split seconds, your endocrine system acts through chemical messages, okay? These are called hormones and that influence your growth, development, and so on. And these measures take hours, days, and weeks to um, you know, be communicated and to happen. All right, we can talk more about that. So the, um, the next system is your lymphatic system. Your lymphatic system has many, many different functions. They include protecting your body from illnesses, uh, maintaining body fluid levels, absorbing and digesting track fat, you know, the fats, and, and removing waste. 
Um, it, a very dumb way of saying, a dumbed down version of this is your lymphatic system is a big massive filter that decides you know, what to do with you know, those kind of things. Then you have your respiratory system. What is sometimes um, you know, completely dismissed and what is sometimes that we don't even pay any attention to is your respiratory system. For example, what is something that you have done while you've been here the entire time, every two to three or four seconds that you haven't once thought about doing? Answer is breathing. And so you're constantly breathing, but we do it in such a way that we don't even have to think about it. It's just something that we do. And so the, the um, respiratory system is taking air out of the oxygen, putting it into our cells, and then the dioxide, um, let me make sure I get that word right, the carbon dioxide then leaves your body, and this is something that happens constantly throughout your system. Then you have your digestive system, and this is maybe one of the more grosser ones. Uh, the, you know, the next time you eat something, no matter what it is, realize that your digestive system immediately kicks into action. Your digestive system has to decide what to do with what you ate. There are three main functions of your digestive system. There's the digesting, the absorption, and the eliminating. Okay? And the system, whenever you put food in it, this system goes to work and it has to decide, do I need this for energy or does this somehow help my cells to grow? Is this good for me? And if it's not good for you, then it will store what it can or it will eliminate what it doesn't need. And this is, of course, why it's so important for us to eat healthy. Then you have your urinary system. The main function of this system is to maintain the right amount of fluids and the right kind of fluids in your body. And so make sure you drink enough water. And then finally, you have your reproductive system. Do you understand now why I didn't use diagrams? There you go, in case any of you are wondering. So the main function of this system is to ensure the survival of the human race by reproducing, okay? And so if you have more questions about that, kids, feel free to go home and ask your parents, and they'll gladly fill you in on all the details. And so now that we've taken those quick little snapshots of our 10 major systems, I want you just to listen to how we were created. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness, so that they can rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the, cre all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the, in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the, all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for you for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And it was evening and it was morning the sixth day. Now let's jump to Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And then God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now think about that for a moment. We just talked about these 10 major systems of our body. and That's how it came to be. It's um, unbelievable. So what I want us to do for a moment is just do something that I think we forget to do sometimes. 
I think we forget sometimes as human beings, we forget to stop and reflect on the fact that we have a creator. That we have a creator. That we have design. That we were intentionally made. That we were intentionally designed by God. And we could spend hours and hours looking at the complexity of the human body. And the more you, understand, the dig, the more you dig, the more you understand. When you think about even just something like DNA. They've only discovered DNA not that long ago. And, and all those hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, they didn't even know this thing DNA existed. So what else have we not yet even discovered about the human being? And it was created. You were created. You were intentionally designed. God had a plan for you, and he made you in such a beautiful way. So I think it's important for us to understand that because it's maybe impossible to really wrap our heads around all of this you know, that God created. But I think it's important that we see that we are not just an empty shell, some boring thing, and we just you know, go through our day and just kind of try to survive and make the best of it. You were created with special purpose and with special design. And the more we learn, the more we need to learn and the more we discover we can learn. So however, though, we are more than just physical beings. You know, we were fearfully and wonderfully created uh, according to the book of Psalm 139. That this beautiful, you know, God designed us, he knit us together, this beautiful thing. But we are more than just physical beings. We are also spiritual beings. Both males and females are image bearers of God. We were created to be in relationship with God. That is what makes us human. The reason we are human, the reason we are called humans, the reason that we are set apart from all of the rest of creation is that we human beings were the only ones selected by God to be created in his image. So when you think about yourself, when you look at yourself, when you, when you just process who you are, I want you to see beyond just your physical being, beyond just the things that you like or don't like, recognize that you are created in the very image of God. Of all of creation, you and I, us human beings, were made in his image. So let's look really quickly then. What are the implications of being created in the image of God? The first one is this. We belong to God. In Mark chapter 12, verses 13 to 17, Jesus was asked, you know, whether or not they should, uh, you know, give taxes. So what Jesus does is he says, give me a coin, give me a denarius. And so they brought him a denarius and he looks at it and he says, whose image is on this coin? And they're like Caesar's. And so then what does Jesus say back to them? He says, in Luke chapter, I mean, sorry, Mark chapter 12, verses 17, he says, Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. See, the reason Jesus said that is he's saying to those people, that coin is yours to use. It's really never yours. The reason it's not yours is because your image isn't on it. Caesar's image is on that coin. And so they created it so that there's a way of making payments and stuff like that. But really, the money you and I have, it really is the government's. We're just allowed to use it. And so the same is true, and Jesus is indicating that that's true for you and I as human beings. It's not our image that is on our image. It is God. God's image is in us, so we're not our own. We belong to God. So therefore, our commitment, our devotion, our love, our loyalty, our service, all of this then must be done to honor the Creator, because His image is on us. Another one is that we should imitate Christ. 
The other indicate or implication of this is that we must then imitate Christ. If we are image bearers of God, then we must imitate Jesus. Jesus is the complete revelation of what the image of God is. He is the full image of God and is the one person whose humanity was not spoiled by sinning. Jesus came as an example for us to follow. He, he was an example to show that as an image bearer of God, you can live without living in sin or without you know, being spoiled by sin. And so we should then be imitators of God. A third implication is that we need to learn and work. One of the very first or the first instructions that God gave to Adam and Eve was to subdue the earth, to have dominion over the earth. Therefore, this is important, earth is not, I mean, sorry, work is not a curse. See, we were already, humanity was already told to work before the fall. So work is not a result of the, of the curse. Humanity was already to, told to learn and to work before the fall even happened. And so one of the things then as image bearers of Jesus, that we need to work, we need to, we need to continue to learn. We are not designed to sit idle. And that's one of the reasons I think sometimes we get frustrated because if we are sitting idle, if we're not advancing ourselves, if we're not learning, if we're not working with our hands or whatever it might be, we are not fulfilling the image and we are not fulfilling the call that God has placed on us. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 23, Paul says this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So when we work, we're doing it to honor God because we were designed to do so. Fourth, we are valuable. Human life is sacred. From conception to death, human life is sacred. Even after the fall, Murder was prohibited. All humanity is created in the image of God. Even as sinful beings, we are still image bearers. And then lastly, number five, the image is universal in humankind. Okay, this has major implications because the image of, of God in our lives is universal to humankind. There is no evidence in Scripture that some humans bear a greater image of God than others. We all have the same image. We all have the same amount of image. We are all valuable, and our value is not based on our ethnicity, our color, or our culture. Both sexes possess the image of God. All of humanity is loved by God, regardless of our economics, our gender, our marital status, our age, our race, etc., etc. God created humanity in His image. You, whoever you are listening, are created in the image of God. And it is not based on, you know, who you are or where you were born or what color you were born. Every single one of us is created in the image of God. So that has big implications for us because it determines how we treat one another. The next time you're frustrated with somebody, the next time you are angry with somebody, or the next time you may want to dismiss somebody based on whatever reason, realize this, that you are speaking to an image bearer. And when you're mad at a clerk or when you're mad at someone, you are angry at an image bearer because every single one of us has the image of God in us. We are all created in his image. So you are created by an indescribable God. And when he created you, he did so with creativity. There is no limit to God's creativity. That is our bottom line for this week. There is no limit to God's creativity. And it is evident in how we are designed. So let's 
focus on three things that we're going to take away then as a result of that. What do we do? If, if these are the implications, then what are you and I going to do as we leave here? The first one is this. We're going to love ourselves. We're going to love ourselves. And this is not some narcissistic, you know, I'm better than everyone else kind of love. We're going to love ourselves recognizing that we were created in an in a beautiful, creative way, that we were created by a God who put his image on us. So we are not called to dislike ourselves. We are not called to hate ourselves. We are going to love ourselves as an act of worship and out of reverence for the creative God who put us on this earth. The second thing that we're going to do, which is closely linked to the first one, is that we are going to take care of ourselves. If someone gave you a possession that was you know, very delicate, and you knew it had taken a ton of creativity to make, and, and they were like, man, I spent a lot of thought and time into this, and here it is, and you can see just in how they handle it, they have put a lot into this. You would receive that with care. You would be very careful with what you do with it. Well, folks, when you look at us, how God designed us, the creativity that he put into us, why do we not take better care of ourselves? Think about that for a moment. So recognizing that we are image bearers and we are going to go from here and we're going to love ourselves, we are going to take good care of ourselves. We are going to pour our lives into or pour our lives out in celebration and in worship and what God has done. You and I, we need to treat ourselves with respect, work to make the most out of every opportunity that we have been given. And then lastly, and all of these can kind of be wrapped up in this, and that is that we are going to live a life of worship. In Romans chapter 1, verses 20, we read that, that there's no excuse for humanity. What Paul says is that everything God created was, you know, that God's power and qualities are clearly seen by everything God created. In other words, if we don't worship, creation is already worshiping. And you see this when Jesus rides into Jerusalem and he's like, if you're not going to let humanity worship me, the rocks will. So we're going to live our lives then in the same way that everything we do as image bearers of God, as creative beings of God, that we are going to worship him with our lives. So as you go here and go from here and as you maybe wrap up watching online, I hope that you recognize today that you are something unique. God created you and that you would not just dismiss yourself, that you would Show yourself the reverence and the love and the respect that God has placed on you because you are worthy of the most incredible sacrifice that God could ever give. So let's live our lives as a way of worshiping God back with all that we have. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the way that you designed us. I know that we could fully, never fully understand all that you've done. But as we just very quickly today looked into the beauty of what you made and how you designed us in, your, in our image. I pray that any person sitting here or listening, maybe they feel down about themselves. Maybe they don't like their, some features about themselves. Maybe they're struggling with self-esteem. Father, I pray this right now that they would just see that they are created beings. They are not a mistake. They are not an accident. You designed them. And so, Father, I pray that we would live our lives then in worship, expressing our own amazement of ourselves and how you made us, and that the glory would go to you. We thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching online. Thank you for being here in the building. 
and we hope that you have a wonderful rest of the week.